chicken over there because you right. you on a, a level. Is this the yes, but I'm just saying yeah. your your it's excitement so level excited. got me ready to go like a rave or something. <laughs> Real excited about everything. Okay. Hey, um, so, what are you drinking though? Because I'm a bottler. I have um, in my glass um, a Pothic White. Hold the bottle up. For some reason, I feel like someone has made me addicted to this stuff. <laughs> I don't know who would ever do that. Me either. Like, get me a Bring drink. that bottle around or that <laughs> brand. It's very tasty, very tasty. So that's what we are drinking today. Um, taking us back to Silver Lining Cueva. The author is Matthew Quick. Let's get started. What y'all think about it? What you think about it? So I love the book. I thought it was a great story just about mental health and like um, how trauma can just cause you know, all of these things to go on in someone's life because, um, you know, one little incident and um, just watching him, uh, the lead character, go through um, recovering from that. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this story. I really like, I really, really like the, this book. I, yeah. I enjoyed it also. I just loved how it just shows that, you know, from trauma, you can grow. You might have a different relationship that you did before, relationships with other people, but you're still just as important as the next person, whether you're going through a lot or going through a little. So I, I love this book. Oh, well, can I just say, since everybody's saying they love the book, that who picked this book? Yes, it was Treba's pick. <laughs> That's irrelevant. <laughs> I picked this book. (laughs) (laughs) So not frozen. (laughs) Like you can't be frozen moving your eyes, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah, I really, I was, and I had never read, I don't ever read the summary. I usually go into it and I don't know what I'm reading. And I was like, what the heck? looking for this silver lining at the end which he got but it just wasn't the one that he had his the, the one that he wanted or he thought he wanted so you know I just thought it was a great story on how you just need to embrace what's put in front of you because you know exactly exactly what you thought it was gonna be may still be good but you gotta be open to it to receive the good that's coming to you and accept maybe a different line in the gold silver street than others Okay, so great. Okay. Thanks for that sermon. And um, just so you know, um, when we go into the movie adaptation, David O. Russell was the person responsible for that movie. For the screenplay. Just yeah. saying. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Gotcha. So, uh, um, drop the mic. Did she pose like she dropped the mic? Yeah, right? she did. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay, so let's move into this adaptation. Um, so... Before we get started, I guess we'll just let the viewers know that we all had some questions and some um, some things that we didn't like about cha- the change from the book to the movie. So we actually reached out to the author, Matthew Quick, who was so freaking awesome. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And so we asked him four questions, although I wish I would have asked more. Um, 
Yeah. Nobody you could ask, but. Right. But he responded in so much detail. So I guess as we go through talking about some of the things that we didn't like, I'll go, I'll give like his response to, um, to some of the things that we'll talk about. So anyway, but that's it. What you guys like or not like? Okay, so wait. The book is one part in the book that I was so confused and thought it was super hilarious once I realized what he was saying, which is the part time um, part time. When I was li- reading the book, I'm just like, what is he talking about? Oh, part time. So once I got it, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like separation time, a part time. Because he was talking like he was five years old, right? <laughs> to God. Did you think he was referencing Africa? I don't well, know. Part time, yeah, right? Had no idea. Like, what are you talking about? Part time, what job or what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that was crazy. It was. was so, what you like? Didn't like? So yeah, um, I guess I'll start, and then if you want to follow up, Treva, I hated when it went from Stevie Wonder to Kenny G. Because my Sharia Moore is like one of my favorite songs ever. I mean, yeah. in like the black community, it's like a staple. Like you can't yeah. not know it now, no matter how old you are. Right. The song right. is amazing. And so when Kenny G was like the subject of conversation, I was like, wait, what? Why would right. you right. we wonder? And we actually asked and reached out to Matthew Quick. And Treba, I'll let you read his response to that question. Yeah, so it's great. That was something that bothered me also, uh, Lynn. So what Matthew Quick indicated was that um, David O'Russell, who was the screenplay writer, he received the pre-publication manuscript in the no- of the novel. And it was actually originally Masharian Moore in the original book. But um, Matthew was having a difficult time getting um, Stevie Wonder's publishing company to release the lyrics so that he could put it in the book. So they didn't have permission to put those lyrics in the book. And so he and his wife decided... Why don't we just put a song as a trigger song that ha- um, has no lyrics? So that's how they ended up selecting Kenny G. So it's interesting because in his response, he was like, he don't even know if David Russell even realized that the original song was um, was changed from My Sharia Moore to Kenny G because he had the pre-publication of the manuscript. Mm. So that was so nice to hear because I'm just like, that was such a stupid thing. Like, number one note. My yeah. like, why? Why did you do that? Why, why, why? Because I didn't even, I don't even think about the fact that, you know, you watch all of these, you hear, you read these books, you watch these movies, and sometimes I, I do forget that, wait a minute, if this song was in there, they had to get permission. And yeah. for me, you know, I don't know, maybe it has to do with money. I don't know. But I'm thinking, you know, you have a book that's out there forever that is also referencing your song. It can also get you you know, there could be an audience that never heard that before that might say, hey, let me hear what this song's about. Or they make a movie of it and then, you know, you get your song is just reinvigorated. Not that that isn't a classic, but you know what I mean? Right. I just completely forgot that you actually had to, like, get permission for things like that. You can't yeah. really, really talk about it. And so when I got the response um, from uh, Matthew Quick, I was like, oh, yeah. You don't have to go through that extra hurdle to get that into your movie. Dullin. Just because you sing it in the shower, it's not your song. Right? Hey, my, right. my concerts are amazing in the shower and in the car, too. <laughs> That's so funny because I was coming all prepared to be like, I don't know why they changed the song. That Me was too. ridiculous. Like, y'all were going to get a bunch of that. <laughs> so I'm glad he was able to give us that response. That insight. that insight was really, yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the other things that I don't know 
it bothered you guys, but that was driving me crazy was the way that they incorporated Danny into the movie, which is Chris Tucker's character in the movie. Mm -hmm. So in the book, Chris Tucker, I mean, well, Danny, the character Danny was someone that had met at the home or the institution that he was in. And then he had some flashback memories of him. So I felt like they could have just used Chris Tucker with some flashback memories, but they didn't. And then in in the book, it ended with this miracle of, oh, my gosh, your long lost friend. And it was kind of, I don't know, it was like this heart wrenching moment for me. Right. And in the movie, Chris Tucker was throughout and he was kind of showing up and escaping the hospital. And I mean, I love Chris Tucker to death, but I love Chris Tucker to death. But every one of these changes that we're talking about now just completely destroyed the suspense and the feelings in the entire freaking movie. Right. The whole movie. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that piece bothered me. Uh, and then I don't, what did Matthew say about that? Because I did ask him that specific question. He said, basically, when you get a A-lister, you don't want to not give him lines, basically. Yeah. Although we see now all the time they have A-listers that die in the in the first three scenes. Right. <laughs> Most dangerous game, right? Or the hunt or whatever. Right. Hunt. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense if you're paying Chris Tucker, you might as well use him as much as you can in the movie, but I would have preferred for the character not. Or do like you said, and every time Pat, because Pat referenced these conversations that he had with Danny in the, um, you know, hospital all the time. It would have been just as easy to, instead of necessarily him referencing it or he referenced it and you have a little bit of conversation about it with him in his mind, like if it was a past, so that you could still get some lines in there. But this whole Danny all cuddled up with daddy and I just, uh, wah, wah. <laughs> Well, I thought it was funny when, um, it, well, at least in the book, he, <laughs> before we knew it was going to be Chris Tucker and he was going to have all these lines, I thought it was funny that he referenced his black friend, his black <laughs> every five seconds. Yeah. That's because they were that tip, they were those typical Jersey boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Jersey, so one of the things that like, I was a little bit disappointed about in the movie was like they were doing a lot in Baltimore and between Baltimore and, and um, Pittsburgh and uh, Pittsburgh, um, uh, Philadelphia, like going back and forth. And when they were like in like Ocean City and in Maryland, they showed none of it. And so I was like, what about Marylanders? We matter. Right. I really wanted to see like something Maryland, not just you picking them up and leaving. I right. know it's irrelevant, Rhea, but showed the, they shout showed, out to Maryland. They show the street sign land. They show Baltimore. Not enough. The road sign. Not enough. I, I missed that. Maryland was not the book. I agree. They should have showed us at least a crab. Something? Or a bay in the corner or something like that. But I just, being from Maryland, I was just like, what? Just show something about us. We matter. (laughs) Irrelevant, but I was like, I don't actually think that was irrelevant. I'm just so pissed off with this stupid adaptation. Okay. Okay. All right. So one of the other questions that I asked Matthew about was bringing in um, Nikki. And then, oh. how did you guys feel about? Oh, oh well, I, how did you guys feel about Nikki showing up in the movie? I well, it. before we, as of her showing up, did you think that Tiffany purposely messed up the lift so that it seemed to be a little bit more sexual in front of um, Nikki in the movie? Because in the book, the dancer. Oh, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, I didn't pick it up either. I missed that. Sorry. 
And it's like, before she looked over at Nikki and because like yeah, he was like, you know, like, down at her, his stance, like squatted down. And then she was like, looked over at her and then ran and jumped. And then when she jumped, she came down. She like was like embraced versus how the lips normally look when they rehearsed it. So I was like, maybe am I over sexualizing this thing or did like, I actually see her mess up the lift? So it seemed like they had a more of a tighter connection. There's more sexuality. Well, you know, that would make sense because she was at the bar. She was very upset that Nikki was there. So, I mean, I could see that. Yeah. I also don't like the fact, the whole point thing, like what? Anyway, <laughs> um, they practice the scene and all of a sudden you get there and you can't do it when you were doing it before. I mean, I honestly thought she jacked up when she got up on the shoulders and stuff because she was a little drunk and tipsy and blah, 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 blah. But I'm just like, I, that whole Nikki, like, why? They messed up the whole thing because the whole point of this whole thing was, um, what's um, Jennifer Lawrence's character's name? Tiffany. Tiffany. She was came up with this elaborate scheme to get him to do this. Dog, she's a, a schemer. She's a genius. Oh, yeah, well, go ahead. I was like, scheme. And to have her actually Nikki actually show up at the competition was just ridiculous. Like it was so ridiculous. I was shocked. I was like, wait, why is she there? <laughs> and it, it didn't fall into his whole psyche. Right. Like, and he figured it out when he first got the letter that she wrote. Like, it, the, the, oh, right. He wasn't even That's rational true. enough to think that at this point in time. All he cared about was her. And so now it seemed like, you know, he just kind of left her uh, instead of, oh, wait, I love her. And you know what I mean? I'm just, Right. When the whole uh, book was all about Nikki, trying to get back to Nikki, trying to get back to Nikki. The, yeah. part time. the fact that he saw her he would have fell apart, like trying to go at. Yes, you know? that's what bothered me in the movie because the, it was very important for him never to see her. Right. He had to come to terms with the fact that she right. she was no longer in his life, and there's no way that Pat in the book could have handled Nikki at no. that recital. Absolutely, exactly. And I don't like how they brought him and his dad like they were besties the whole freaking time either. They can cut off the whole mom forcing them to come together and it nah. Right. This is a brother, brother and his wife. So let me just tell you what Matthew said about Nikki. So he basically said that he wasn't sure why David, who was the screenplay, wanted Nikki at the dance competition. But his guess would be that he felt he needed a visual representation of Pat finally letting her go. Um, that scene where he whispers in uh, her ear, the movie had to visually show everything. Oh, it didn't. And so he was basically saying because the novels had to be condensed into two hours, some scenes are combined. So rather than having a scene where Pat and Tiffany dance and then another scene where he lets go of his wife, he combined those two aspects together. Well, how about thematic scene at the end? How about you take away four or five scenes in the house talking about the bedding? And, you know, how about you take away some of that crap right. and get back to the real point of the story? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. It's so cute because I think, you know, I always think to myself how these these authors really can take some of the changes. Because, I mean, for this, this just changed the whole thing. Yeah. I feel like I want to do it. I want to do over. You know, they have these <laughs> other shows where they do, you know, they, they, they redo it. And now this one sticks true to the... Like, go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's but funny. I agree with you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Champion. Sure. It's funny because I, I saw this movie years ago when it first came out. Didn't realize it was a book at the time. And 
I, I was kind of confused on the movie. I kind of got it for the most part, but I'm like, mm, I feel like something's missing. Like, I don't understand what the point was. But now reading the book, the book, obviously, is so much better. It, it filled in a lot of gaps. Yeah. will be left out. So, I guess, Ray, for me, back to your comment about um, the father-daughter, father-son relationship, that piece bothered me so mm-hmm. much. I mean, but I'm such a big Robert De Niro fan, and he nailed the he director. Nailed it. The director wanted him to go in that movie. Nailed it. But he also could have been the grumpy dad. With yes. no, like, he would have nailed that also. So he would have killed that. Yeah. He would have killed that, right? Killed that. I don't know why they changed that piece either. I was disappointed in that relationship piece. I'm sitting there watching, like, why is he talking to him? Why is he talking to him? I couldn't wait to see, like, him sitting in a dirty, filthy house pouting because he could play that so well while right. the mom was just like, yeah, clean this shit up yourself. Right. Like, That's for you. Can you do it? I say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I was going back to Champagne. Champagne, when you mentioned not getting the book because, um, they're not getting the movie. Extra folks getting the movie. Extra folks in my house that watched the movie because I said that's when we were getting ready to do, and they didn't take the time to read the book first. But I won't go there. And they're like, "Can you tell me what that movie was about?" Like <laughs> I didn't get it. Right. And I'm like, "Read the book, just like we did." Right. Then come back to me. You but you felt the same way. Right. I did, I had no idea what was going on. I'm gonna need another drink, David. All right. So the last question that I asked Matthew Quick was about the brain trauma. So in the book, Pat didn't remember what he had done to Nikki. Yeah. The book was this buildup of like we didn't know what he did. We didn't know. It was kind of this suspense of like, well, what happened? What in the world did he kill somebody? Or you know, we just had no idea. And so it was nice. What did he and that was my biggest issue. My biggest the whole time. issue. What did he that. do? Exactly. And then watching the um the therapist sort of help him work through and acknowledging this. Like I love that part of the book. And another clip just was good too. Ripped us from ripped yeah. that from us in the movie because yeah. he knew. He went into the therapy session and just spilled his guts. Well, I you know, I did this and I I'm like, wait. What you don't remember that you did that yeah. yet? Yeah, it was like a taboo. Because remember, Doctor Cliff wasn't even going to talk to him about it. He no. never said any, and which made which made Pat like him. Like remember, Pat was like yes. worried about going yes. in and talk to him. But yeah. when he realized, wait, we went an hour and he hadn't brought up any of nothing. Right. Uh, I like this dude. Like yeah. Doctor Cliff yeah. jipped on this whole movie too. And I feel like Pat in the book was like um, not looking forward to his sessions, but looking forward to going to a session so that he could end a part time. Like that was his goal. Like he was like, all right, I'm here. I'm doing this therapy that way I can get back to Nikki and like the part time can be over. But in the movie, it was like, why the hell am I here? What do you want? Go ahead and talk about it. I'm going to look all grungy and like mad at the world for no reason. But I know what I did versus I don't know what I have to do or what I did but I had to do this to fix what I did in the mm-hmm. book. So I didn't like how I, that kind of persona I, changed. I did not like that dynamic at all. But I'll just say that um, Matt said that David Russell, um, for personal reasons, wanted to establish right away that his version of Pat's struggle was of a bipolar diagnosis. So um, he also said that he, he gave a lot of interviews about this. So I have a note to myself to go back and look for the interviews because I'm curious, maybe he experienced someone in family that has bipolar, but he intentionally moved it away from brain trauma to um, a bipolar type di- diagnosis. Mm. So that was intentional. Actually, I don't know sorry. why, but... 
I kind of like that the mental disorder over like a brain trauma. That way it's not giving the reason because like a brain trauma is like you hurt yourself. You have a reason um, mental or like a mental um, illness versus like being bi- bipolar. There's no cause to it. You your chemistry is off and you are who you are and you have to learn to live with it. Versus you, know, being- you had it for a while, right? Like you've like a, a mental disorder. You had it. Right. Yeah, it festers and gets worse because the yeah. chemistry of your body changes right. usually about over time. Got it. Yeah. Versus like you're here, you stop, and then you become something different. Mm-hmm. And I do like that it was a mental um, disability or a mental illness versus like a traumatic injury for that reason. It to change the dynamic, but I kind of like that. Like it, it made people not feel as like alone. I don't. I mean, just there's so many different illnesses, like um, being depressed and yeah. bipolar and everything that like are so obsolete in conversation that changing that for like it, I feel like it's for the better. Yeah, I do. I don't mind the mental illness, but I feel like they still could have had him suppress the incident. Right. Oh, fully. Yeah. Remember half the time. They're like, what? I didn't do that. What are you talking about? Exactly. I also hated, hated the scene when he found Nikki. I'm like, first of all, this chick got underwear and all this stuff all over the place. You didn't just figure out she was with somebody else when you got up to that daggone bathroom. Like, really? And, and like in a whole shower. Like, come on. Right. It like, should have been like, a real surprise scene. Like, I walk in the house and I can hear the music. Ah, shucks now. Right. That, that. First of all, any man that heard, like, their wedding song and their wife in the shower is going to be like, all right, Damn. let me jump on in here. Open the shower curtain fully dressed. Like, oh, I'm so crying here. Well, why aren't you naked? Come on, man. Right. And so somebody, somebody a little bit more attractive. I mean, come on. Was Nikki crazy? Yeah. I know, because like when your husband is who it was in the morning. <laughs> I mean, Bradley Cooper on a rough day. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. Like, you gotta step it up. We got Bradley Cooper. You're not leaving Bradley Cooper anymore. Whole trash bag <laughs> outfit, I'll still take it. Yes. <laughs> trash bag I'll outfit. I took Y'all the stars born. Books at two a.m. I'd have took all that. Right. Like, stars born, Bradley. I just be like, I'm going to right, come over here, come over here, mom. Right. 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 No. <laughs> so what about the oatmeal scene? I know Ray is going to say it's irrelevant, but I thought it was so cute in the book when he was like, he didn't know if he was going to have it because he didn't know how much money he was going to have, and then like that's why he ordered the oatmeal. But then in the movie, you're just like, okay, well, why is he ordering oatmeal? Like. I, there was oh, no yeah, it was raisin brand or whatever. I was right. like, oh, yeah, that's that's change. <laughs> you ain't asked oatmeal for the approval? Right. Part of that to me was the injury that was wrong with him didn't coincide with him necessarily not knowing how much money. Like it just, it, everything was just completely thrown off. That's it true. was just so right. stupid. But we tell you, was it, it was Ernest Hemingway's who he was fussing about at 2 a.m. and the end of the book? Wasn't that who he fussed? <laughs> yes. That scene, it was so on point. Like, oh my God, the 2 a.m. scene? Oh, on point. <laughs> I you actually grounded to I watch it again because I was just like, that is so accurate. Yes, <laughs> so accurate. Oh my God. So, I mean, I think that leads a little bit into the casting. Like, talk about a star studded. I mean, oh. every single character was a cast perfectly to me, yeah. all the way down to the therapist because I love all of these characters. Just didn't like 
change the movie. I don't like Mama. I didn't like Mama. Oh, I like uh, Jackie Weaver. Yeah, I like Mama. I, I like Mama. Like she had like her little like tease up. It looked uh-huh. like <laughs> and stuff. Like, go ahead, Japanese mom. Yeah, that little trap between like the late seventies, early eighties. Like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but you still bake all that Italian food, don't you? Basically, <laughs> right. And then she was even she was even teaching Chris Tucker. Yeah, right? she was. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> One funny part I, I just wanted to mention because I had it written down is when I was <laughs> he said that part part of the reason that Nikki left and wanted to part time was because he gained 10 to 70 pounds. I was dying. Nobody 70. says 10 to 70, maybe 10 like, to 20. He said 10 to 70 pounds. That's why. So he needs to I'm lose weight. i take a 10 to 70 pound fat Bradley Cooper. I am going to take that. Yeah. <laughs> so champagne, I am going to jump on your boat um, about um, the pounds because you feel like maybe it was irrelevant. I don't think it was irrelevant. I think it was ridiculous. But how about he was only gone six months as opposed to like years, right. four years? Oh, that's true. That was so four annoying eight, to me. Eight months versus four years. Four Let years. me call time. That was crazy. I don't understand the changes. I really don't. But in the movie, they said eight months? Yes. The, yes. I, I missed that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the book was, was like, that's why there was wait, nothing to change. She had gotten married. She had moved right. on. Like the family people got family. married. He missed weddings. He missed kids being born. And that's I mean, like, I'm so sorry, bad. but yeah, a kid can be born in eight months, but like, it's not kids plural. Right. <laughs> he missed the the, the 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 Eagle Stadium being gone, destroyed torn and built a new one. Like built. he missed everything. Right. Which made him even more lost. Like he which was lost. When he came. It made so much sense in the book. It makes yeah. sense in the movie. Yeah, I think it wasn't a good adaptation, but um, but Matthew Quick, this was a phenomenal book. I just yeah. love the story. He has a lot more books out there, so I'm hoping that more get made into movies so we can review more of his books. And if um, they do, fight, fight, fight to keep it the way you wrote the book. <laughs> and thank you for responding and sending us the email. And taking the time. Here's yeah. the, here's so the, the other thing that I'll mention is that he did say that it's hard, Ray. You had mentioned about the whole taking the adaptation. He mentioned in his email that it's really hard to let go because it's kind of your baby. I don't know when to work with me because I'm like, no, you're not changing right. that. Exactly. Like, no, okay. It's my you're baby. Back, Wait, who wrote the book? Back your contract. You, not make you would not have a screenplay unless I wrote the right. book. <laughs> right. The book is the screenplay. Don't do any more hers. <laughs> The book right. is the screenplay, period. I can imagine that would be hard, though, somebody changing up your story. Yeah. Especially, like, when, I mean, these authors put, like, years and, like, so much of their time and effort and um, building and developing the characters and the mm-hmm. plot and then putting them all together and seeing your baby just out there and then somebody being like, oh, no, scratch that scene, scratch that scene. Right. Not scratch scene, scratch scene, scratch, you know, 90% of the book. Right, exactly. I actually wanted to mention that the one scene that I did like that they when they added in was when they had to get the 5.0 to like actually qualify to the next level. Oh, yeah. And how like all the people were standing there like, you had a 5.0 and they're like, ah! <laughs> it's like, that fully would have been me. I know that scene was different with like them being at like the bar and versus like at the game and whatever. But the whole point of like, yeah, 4.7, 4.7, 4.9. And then them like, oh man, we're not gonna do it. We're gonna get it. And they're like, oh, and you got a 5.0. Right. Awesome, oh, mine. I to love save the day, To save dad's debt. 
when the brother well, yeah, is supposed to be showed the camaraderie between the family. <laughs> so that's a scene I that would be in the book too. Right. Yes. All the I, rest I, of it could have stayed out, but that scene I would have liked to be in the book. Right. Right. I agree. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all ready to rate this adaptation? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm ready. And it don't, can, it, we can't go lower than a sip, right? We <laughs> talked oh. about this and no. 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 So you get a sip. One <laughs> sip from Raya. One sip from champagne. Couldn't I'm do it. I'm it a half glass because I like the movie and I like Matthew Quick. And, um, and I think that it wasn't horrible, but, um, you know, it could have been better. I'm gonna give you a half glass also. I the, the book was good. Thank you, Matthew Quick, for a good book and responding. Um, but also the movie, there's some parts that did come through, but they left so much out that I can't give it more than a half a glass. Right. Yeah. Well, you're gonna lose like, consciousness pretty soon. Exactly. I love the movie, but it wasn't the movie from the book. Right. Yeah, but the casting, like, oh, I love the casting. Anyway. Well, that casting. I just want a do-over. I want it done over. You can cast. Do it again. Right. Give me my book back. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.